Davis and welcome to Teachable Tuesday. We are in week two, officially. Technically, it's the third week, but we're talking all about John 2 today. If you haven't heard, if you're new here, welcome. We are spending the next few weeks, months, reading the Gospel of John. Just one chapter a week, and we're reading that chapter every single day of the week. We're really uh, lingering. We're staying with the word. We're soaking in it. Uh, And so we've spent the last week soaking in John chapter 2, and there is so much to soak up there. But don't you worry. If you're thinking, I didn't read John 2, can I stay? You absolutely can. I'm going to read it to you in just a minute. But first, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. God, you are a consoler, healer, lover, Lord. You are our life, Jesus. We ask you to be with us as we uh, read your word. Grant us the grace to encounter your heart in John chapter 2, to hear that word to receive that image, Lord, to be intimately united with you uh, through John 2. I ask you to open the hearts, the ears, the eyes of all who listen to us read this word today. And grant us every grace we need, Lord, to draw uh, more closely to you. I just have a sense in particular, uh, God, that you desire to pour out faith today. So would you increase, would you deepen our faith today through John 2? In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to read along, why don't you grab your Bible? We're actually going to read the chapter every Teachable Tuesday. Uh, So if you haven't had a chance to pray with us, you can pray right now. The Word of God is living and active, so God has something to say to you right now. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now, standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it out. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk but you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. 
After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples, and they remained there for a few days. The Passover of the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. He also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, this temple has been under construction for 46 years and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. When he was in Jerusalem during the Passover festival, many believed in his name because they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, would not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and needed no one to testify about anyone, for he himself knew what was in everyone. Amen. I feel like I have about 10 new takeaways after reading that with you. So thank you for entering uh, deeply into prayer as we read God's word together. Uh, And that's what we're going to do here for the next few weeks and months. We're going to read the gospel together, a gospel that you've already been sitting and soaking with for a week. And then I'm going to share, as I always do, a takeaway. What God is highlighting for me in this chapter of scripture. And I want you to do the same thing. So head over to wherever you're watching, right? YouTube, Facebook, whether that's on Instagram, we want to hear your takeaway as well. We want to really zoom in. I'm not looking for, you know, profound theological insights or, uh, and, and historical context can help, but that's not everything. What we're really after here on Teachable Tuesday is zooming in on that one thing. What's the one grace What's the Lord highlighting for you? What matters to you? And to let that really uh, take root in your heart and begin to bear fruit. So I'm gonna share with you my takeaway for today, but as usual, I'm gonna start with a little story. (laughs) A few years ago, I was um, speaking on a retreat and I was out of town. We were at this really sweet, rustic, uh, AKA, kind of old (laughs) camp and I had this cabin all to myself and it's hard to explain I I just had kind of a a weird feeling in the space where I was and I I live alone I'm 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 not really um, thrown often by being alone or sleeping alone that's like my jam even so it was strange to notice I felt this discomfort I, I didn't feel safe it felt almost like there was something else in the room with me this presence that was um, not kind, was not good. And I I was having a hard time going to sleep 
Now I'm away from home. I, I'm speaking to a, a group that I hadn't met before, but they provided me with, you know, a bunch of linens and snacks. They were wonderful hosts, but I'm in this cabin all by myself. And I grabbed a rosary, right? I just, I needed to remember that I wasn't alone, right? That Mary was with me, uh, that someone was with me. Of course, the Lord was with me, but this is why it's so good to be Catholic, to have those sacramentals that we can touch with our bodies and be reminded of these invisible realities, right? Like the motherhood of Our Lady. And so I clung to that rosary. I prayed that rosary. And and somehow that... Um, that anxiety even intensified. I felt that presence even more malevolently in the room. And so I reached down and, and this wonderful host uh, woman had given me a blanket of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And I pulled it up to my chin and I imagined that I was actually hiding beneath her mantle and it worked. I felt this peace, this warmth spread over me just as I pulled up this blanket. And at one point I even hid my head. Guys, I'm in my 30s at this point, okay? But it was so intense, this spiritual battle that I was very aware I was in the midst of, I had somehow walked into. And so I had my weapon, my rosary in hand and I pulled her mantle um, up over me as a shield and I was finally able to relax and to sleep. Now, at the time, I was reading a very beautiful book called Insinu Yezu. And uh, this book is um, the diary of a priest at prayer. They're conversations from the Eucharistic heart of Jesus in adoration to this very humble priest. And the next morning, I was having my own prayer time. I wasn't really even thinking about what had gone on the night before, but I just opened to right where I had been reading. And the date was Tuesday, December 9th, 2008 in Insinu Yezu. And the words on that particular day were from Our Lady to this priest. She said, It was I who protected you last night and preserved your life from the plans laid by the evil one who seeks nothing more than to stop you from persevering in this work that my son has asked of you. Be on your guard then and be prudent, but without fear, because I am your mother. And just as I said to my beloved little son, Juan Diego, I hold you beneath my protecting mantle in the crossing of my arms close, very close to my immaculate heart. Trust in my protection. Yes, I am your mother of perpetual help, ever ready to come to your rescue, ever ready to provide for your needs, to deliver you from danger and to console you in sorrow. Approach me with childlike confidence and you will never be disappointed. You can imagine uh, how consoling that was in, in the moment, right? To know deeply, interiorly, that my mother was with me, that I had this protection, this love with me, and then to have it affirmed right there in Insinu Yezu. I remember one time a, a very holy priest said kind of flippantly, just offhand, we were just in a conversation in the narthex of all places and he said, everybody's just looking for a mom and a dad. Everybody's just looking for a mom and a dad. And it, that penetrated my heart so deeply because I am too, right? And, and our faith, the reality of, of God being alive and real and a father, 
a God who gave us his only beloved son through a woman, through the yes of a woman. And then Jesus from the cross giving us that woman as our own mother. You and I, we have a father and we have a mother, a heavenly mother. And don't you want a mother? No matter how old I get, right? I always just want a mom. I want my mom. When you're sick and suffering, you're in bed, every time I throw up, is that TMI? Every time I'm sick, I just, I just want a mom, right? Nobody can take care of us like our mom. When I need advice, right? I wanna be able to turn to my mom. When I'm afraid, when I'm anxious, like that night in the cabin, immediately I thought of my mom. I just wanted a mom. Mothers are, are fierce and loving and tender and that's our lady for us. That's Mary. So friend, can I affirm for you today? Can I remind you or maybe even tell you for the first time, you have a mother. You have a mother. She says these words to St. Juan Diego and it's not enough that I quoted from Encino Yezo. I want to I read you the words of Our Lady um, when she appeared to Juan Diego. Our Lady of, of Guadalupe said, hear and let it penetrate your heart, my dear little son. Let nothing discourage you, nothing depress you. Let nothing alter your heart or your countenance. Also, do not fear any illness or trouble or anxiety or pain. Am I not here who am your mother? Are you not under the shadow of my protection? Am I not your fountain of life? Are you not in the fold of my mantle, in the crossing of my arms? Is there anything else you need? And we've had that experience too in the natural, right? That when everything feels like it's falling apart, when the world is spinning and you're wrapped in the arms of your mother, everything is suddenly all right because mom is there. And this is what happens with Our Lady. And that's the ideal, isn't it? But for many of us, we haven't had that experience of a, a comforting, a consoling, and understanding a strong mother. You know, we live in a fallen world. So oftentimes we, we talk about um, how that fallen world has affected the way we look at the Father. But we don't often delve into how our fallen experience of motherhood affects us, how, how it, it changes and shapes our hearts. It, maybe you had your, uh, a mother who was smothering, right? And you couldn't do anything right and you couldn't get away. Maybe it's that she was the total opposite, absent and emotionally disengaged, right? Self-seeking, self-serving. It was always about her and never about you. Maybe you had a good mom, a great mom, but she was just limited, human. Here today, wherever that human experience has left gaps, right? Jesus presents to us our lady. He gives us a mother. In those final words, his, his most powerful, his uh, ultimate sermon from the cross, he speaks to John, the beloved disciple, and he says, uh, behold your mother. Behold your mother. And then to our lady, uh, woman, behold your son. That wasn't just a special relationship between the beloved disciple and the Blessed Virgin Mary. No, that was for the whole world. Jesus was giving us his own mother, 
from the cross. And I want to I want to invite you today to come under the mantle of Mary because in the words of of John 2, really my takeaway I, I couldn't get away from John chapter 2 verse 1 and, and it's just half of the verse on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Ah I could cry thinking of that. The mother of Jesus was there. I've been praying with those words, meditating on those words, pondering those words in my heart, that in every moment of my life, the mother of Jesus was there. In every moment of suffering, anxiety, sickness, pain, fear, the mother of Jesus was there. Those words from the Gospel of John are for you too. The mother of Jesus was there in every moment of your story, every um, instance in your history, every heartache, every longing, every pain, every joy. The mother of Jesus was there. You are never alone, not only because God is with you, but because he's giving you a mother. Am I not your mother? She says to us through uh, St. Juan Diego, am I not your mother? Am I not here who am your mother? And so although this is a, a reality, a spiritual reality, we need those reminders, right? We're, our faith is weak. We're limited. And so we need these tangible reminders of the love of God and the intercession, right? The prayer, the effective prayer of the Blessed Virgin Mary, our mother from heaven. So I want to encourage you in three ways today to lean into her motherhood, to come beneath her mantle, to experience her spiritual motherhood, her presence, her protection through, through her prayers. The first thing I want to invite you to do is to wear a miraculous medal. You've probably heard this before, and certainly the saints promoted this devotion. Our Lady appeared to St. Catherine Labore, and it was this image on the miraculous medal, uh, that's how Mary appeared to her. And she asked that that image be struck on a medal and that we, we, the faithful, her children, would wear it around our necks. And that if we do, there will be great graces. I can't tell you how many times um, I'm, I'm just listening to someone whose heart is aching and my hand is drawn to my miraculous medal because I know that I don't have anything to give, but I want to have the heart of Our Lady. I, I'm feeling her sorrowful and immaculate heart for this person. There are times that I'm in pain, that I feel alone, and again, I can just reach up and hold my medal. It's not a talisman. It, it's not magic, right? But it makes visible something invisible, that I have a mother, that I'm never alone, and I need that reminder. It's the same with the crucifix. It's it's the same with any sacramental, holy water, a rosary. We need to be able to put our hands on a physical reality that, that expresses, that solidifies an invisible reality. That's why it's so good to be Catholic. You know, St. Maximilian Kolbe was a huge promoter of the devotion to wear a miraculous medal. He called it a heavenly weapon. Right, so it's, the, it's not only protection, it's not only defense, but it's actually offense. And he gave these medals out. He promoted this devotion. Mother Teresa gave out tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of miraculous medals. And if you've ever met a missionary of charity, they probably gave you a miraculous medal. 
We need those reminders that we have a mother with us. It's such a, a little symbol, right? Just a half an inch that I wear around my neck, but it's a spiritual weapon. Maximilian Colby called it a, a bullet, spiritual bullet. It shoots straight to our heart and to others' hearts. That's what a mother does. She goes for the heart. So wear a miraculous medal. Maybe you already have one at home, right, Dig? I'm sure someone at some point has given you a miraculous medal. Dig around and um, look in your jewelry box or go to a Catholic bookshop. They're about 45 cents, right? And wear a miraculous medal. I wanna invite you to, uh, if you don't have a devotion to the rosary, can I just gently encourage you um, to get under the mantle of Our Lady and to pray the rosary. I've been praying a uh, daily rosary for, I don't know, five or six years. And um, I remember uh, a very holy uh, sister, religious sister, talking about her devotion to the rosary. And of course, she wears a rosary uh, on her habit. But because of this talk, because of her wisdom, I carry my rosary in my pocket. Uh, because she said in those moments, similar to the miraculous medal, when I need a mother, when I need to be reminded that I'm not alone, I can put my hand in my pocket, I can hold the rosary, and it's like I'm holding Mary's hand. I can just reach out and hold my mom's hand in a difficult conversation, in a moment of uh, discouragement, right? I have her hand that I can reach out and hold. It's also an excellent reminder to have it on you when you find those spare moments to be able to pray the rosary, uh, even if it's just a decade at a time, right? And you know, in those years that I've been praying the rosary, uh, I've often prayed it with the help of an app. And uh, shout out to Father Michael Gately. I am deeply grateful for his Mary app on my iPhone that leads me through the Holy Rosary. but. You know, I've been praying it long enough, I know the prayers, and I found that at times I was praying it sort of distractedly, and I'm sensing more of the heart of Our Lady, the heart of Jesus really in the rosary, and Mary inviting me to sit in more silence, to walk more slowly, to linger longer in the mysteries of the rosary. I don't have to rush through and finish it all. In fact, on our retreat, Sister Maria Rose shared about going deeper with the rosary, and she said, it's okay if, if one mystery really captures your heart and you wanna stay right there, let the Lord unfold that grace for you to, to bring you, uh, to draw you deeper into the mystery that you're praying, the mystery. It's not about getting through all of the prayers. It's not about checking a box. Remember, this is not a formula. This is not magic. It's about entering into the mystery of the life of Christ through the intercession of Our Lady. So keep a rosary in your pocket and pray the rosary. And finally, um, I want to give you just a very simple way to get to know Our Lady. If you're thinking, I don't, I don't know, Beth, if I'm ready to wear a miraculous medal. I, I am unsure about the rosary. That seems like a big commitment. Can I pass on to you a little prayer that Mother Teresa promoted? It's very simple, that if you need a mother at any moment in the day, when you need a mother, to just simply pray, Mary, Mother of Jesus, please be a mother to me now. Mary wasn't only the mother of Jesus. She wants to be your mother. And remember that the gospel here, John 2, that, that the mother of Jesus was there. She was there and she's here. And now she's with you, praying for you. 
there are too many moments for me to recount to you that I, I haven't been with someone that I love who is in pain and I can see Mary so clearly going to that person, serving that person, um, holding that person who's in pain, who's suffering in the hospital and there are no visiting hours, right? I just send Our Lady and the truth is she's already there. The mother of Jesus is there. She not only was there, she is there. So that's my, my big takeaway. I wore a dress in honor of Our Lady today because I want to introduce you to your perfect, loving, heavenly mother who is always with you. So what about you? What's your takeaway from Teachable Tuesday or from John 2? I'd love to hear it in the comments below and I'll, I'll be there. Um, I, I value so much your confidence. It's a privilege to walk with you and you show me another side of the face of God when you share your takeaways. So let me know what, what verse, what word is speaking to you here in the comments, share it below. And remember, starting today, we're gonna begin reading John chapter three. And we're gonna read John three every single day for the next week. I'll be back next Tuesday talking about John chapter three, talking about our one thing. Until then, uh, we love you, God bless you. Oh, let's say a little prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you that you know us, that you love us. You know what we need, God, better than we do. And you've sent us a mother. You've given us a mother. I ask, I ask today in this moment, Lord, um, that you would work miracles of healing and love in the hearts of every person listening because we all need a mother doesn't matter if you're 80 years old, you need a mother. We will never not need a mother. You, you wrote that desire into our hearts and you met that desire. You offered us your own mother from the cross. You gave and gave and gave. You gave us a mother. So soften and open our hearts to receive the love that we're longing for. And we ask you, Mary, our mother, to please pray for us. We entrust all those we love, all of our intentions, to your sorrowful and immaculate heart, knowing, Mary, that you only ever draw us closer, lead us, point us to your son, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. You are so loved. See you next week for John 3.